did two claps there because the first one wasn't very good. So like, that's probably actually quite unhelpful. But it's the first peak you want. There'll be there'll be there'll be there'll be a small there'll be a small peak and then a a pointlessly larger second peak, which. Uh, doesn't really what, it doesn't serve to act as a larger monument but it does serve to act as sort of confusing so that's good uh, describing my uh, dating life there Keely <laughs> oh well um, on that on that note yes uh, welcome to uh, episode two of the podcast which now has a name yeah uh, masters of our masters of our domain uh, a podcast about Seinfeld uh, a, po- a, a show which I, Milo Edwards, have never watched, uh, but my co-host Phoebe Roy has watched many times. That's right. Yeah. Um, and so today we're talking about uh, season one, episode two, and we're joined by Alex Keeley. Hi. Hello. Um, Welcome, Alex Keeley. Thank you for having me. I am the in the continuum. I am closer to Milo in terms of my consumption. E.g., I've watched significantly more Curb Your Enthusiasm than I have Seinfeld. That feels like a backwards and upside down way of doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, and I just 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 so you aware, kills. It's um, it is still Hanukkah until tomorrow night. Um, so if you disagree with me or try to curtail me in any way before sundown tomorrow, uh, you will be reported to the ADL. So I'm just. <laughs> So, so that's very just different something. to the EDL. Can't stress <laughs> very that. Very different from the EDL. Well, I get a citation uh, have... of honour if you report to me for that reason to the EDL. It's a very different yeah, vibe. Yeah, that, I mean, that, yeah. That it, it, it is regrettable because uh, the EDL and the ADL actually have uh, offices next yeah. door, so they're all, they're always mm. getting each other's posts. Also, quite different from ADT, to whom you can report an anti-Semite, but only if they're burgling your house. <laughs> I don't know what ADT is. They make alarm systems. That's Okay, that would have been a good joke if it I'd known what I was. It would have been a fun joke if you'd yeah, known no. anything <laughs> about alarm well, the, systems. Well, the problem is that the only, I feel like the only people that have got a really into their alarm system banter are the sort of people that would take umbrage at your mischaracterization of the EDL. So it's, you know, it's only the sort of, um, it's like, it's like, it's like <laughs> big, big time flag dads that will be like, yo, that's a great alarm, alarm mm. company. Yeah. Yeah, Ron, but in Leon C, is like, yeah, cracking bunch of lads over ADC. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> Good grief. Okay. <laughs> the first edit point of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Do you, to do, do you want me to do a small <laughs> clap and then a slightly yeah. louder clap after that? <laughs> No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's. I don't think that's necessary. I'm also. I'm already in the process of um of being uh, cancelled for accidentally implying that Fireman Sam is English. Uh, Is he not English? Oh God! Seriously, (laughs) seriously. Um, He is is not. He is not English. He is Welsh. He is a. He is a. He is a Welsh king. Fireman Sam. (laughs) Oh God. Um, I tell you, it's been a busy week down at the fire station. <laughs> you know what? That is actually a lot better than it was I've when been, you tried to do your Welsh voice last been week. Forcing us to hose down the miners. Okay, that's enough. Um, yeah, yeah um, and uh, we attempted to. Uh, this is on uh, me and Hussein's pod. We attempted to apologise for uh, mischaracterising Fireman Sam. Come on. 
We attempted to apologise for mischaracterising Farm and Sam as English, and somehow the apology has made things so much worse. Like we 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 fuck we fucked the apology, so we're now going to have to oh, apologise. No. Was it was it iPhone notes screenshot? No, it? we're now going to have to apologise. We're now going to have to apologise for the apology. I'm sorry um, if you were offended, Welsh Fireman Sam fans. So I yeah, well, you shouldn't have done the apology well, I, where you looped it using Google Translate eight times from English to Welsh to English to Welsh to English to Welsh back. <laughs> again that was just quite rude and it made it well seem that, like a sort yeah, of that, that, that was probably the issue mm. um i also said that we were working closely with welsh cartoon character charities and trying to learn <laughs> and trying to grow so i suspect so i suspect that didn't go down terribly mm. well and uh, Jake, Jake and also is just going on about how they shouldn't be operating <laughs> these cartoon charities should be focusing on larger problems outside of english yeah, borders that's that's, yeah, that's right that and right. Uh, and it turns out that um Hussein, a uh, friend, uh, friend of the pod, doesn't know that Celtic is pronounced with a hard C mm. and said it and said it Celtic. Oh, because the football club is pronounced Celtic, so that's, <laughs> yeah, a, that's an easy mistake um, to make. And unfortunately, it's also very, very easy to get cancelled by fans of Celtic football club. So we had a kind <laughs> of... <laughs> yeah. so, so, so Duality what, of man stuff. So what I'm saying is I'm very, very used to uh, the iron fist of the court of social media um, and I plan to be writing a book proposal about my experience of being cancelled. Hmm. Well, that that makes good sense to me. Yeah. Well, it's one of the four ways that people ca- have made money using social media this year. It's it's exactly. viral vids uh, all get cancelled. OnlyFans. OnlyFans, viral vids yeah, get cancelled. two ways. Yeah. Yeah, get cancelled for your OnlyFans. <laughs> That's the most Ooh. dressing up as an, a sexy English fireman Sam on OnlyFans. <laughs> Farm and slam. Have you, yeah, that's right. Have you ever? Have you ever seen it's slam with two L's? That's have right. you ever seen um, arson, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making this up. It's a real thing. Well, he's Welsh, what? right? No, you, no, that's, no, no. Is, that, is, is he yeah, English? Arson, Sam. Sam. Well, no, no, he definitely is Welsh. No, uh, yeah, no. Arson Sam is. It was. It was like a big thing on YouTube a few years. Well, I mean, like ten years ago. Someone basically took episodes of Fireman Sam and put them all backwards <laughs> with music over the top and subtitles, so that it was just Fireman Sam going around and like sticking pots on children's heads and like setting fire to stuff. And using a using and using, like, using a hose to suck out all the moisture from a house, causing it to spontaneously combust. Right. That's right, yeah. He'd be like, that'll teach you, you stupid Italian bitch. <laughs> and then at the end, because you know at the start, he gets like the facts that tells him what he needs to do out of the machine, like the orders, and it like flashes. It's like the end of the thing. It's like him feeding paper into the thing and going like, now to destroy the evidence. Um, it was it was pretty good. Anyway. Cool. This is us remembering YouTube videos we've seen. Um, Have you ever been cancelled, Keely? Well, I tend, uh, I tend to not give any opinions uh, because I'm a spineless little worm. So it's it's very difficult. I mean, you know, the the more attention gets on you, the the more possible it is to be cancelled for nothing. I'd say I had a number of highly anodyne and bland viral tweets this pandemic where <laughs> mm. I did one about. Catherine Parr and I was called uh, I, I, did, I did a tweet about like oh imagine m- marrying Henry VIII when the pattern was divorced beheaded died divorced beheaded and then that got a lot of retweets because yeah. it's a silly joke and then someone was like um, that's right uh, well this actually doesn't take into account the fact that women were chattel property in this period and didn't have any choice in that I'm like yeah okay it's not an actual analysis of like is you know e- no it isn't e- e- <laughs> 
Man, people on the internet fucking suck. I, I offered yeah. free tutoring yeah, they, yeah, after the A level thing. I offered free tutoring for people that needed extra tuition if they were suddenly having to do these retakes because the government's fuck up. And someone even then managed to quote tweet me, being like, "What are you saying that people from uh, state schools need tutoring more than other people?" And I was like, "No, no, no. I, was, I was saying that anyone who's from uh, a background that couldn't afford it, who wants free tuition because they've been told they've only got like seven weeks to prepare after a year of no school and pandemic." It's just like there are just like there are just like a billion people on this website, and 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 a number of them are unstable. <laughs> I hear Alex Keeley was posting about how the working class are stupid. Yeah, that, yeah, that seemed that to be sound, that seemed yeah, to be the takeaway for me, like, giving away my time for free. Yeah, that yeah. So- yeah. That, that, so- that sounds like uh, yeah. what's what's happened here. I mean, I don't know uh, if you've and got he called Fireman Sam English. As like, well, yeah, I don't so. know if you've got anything anything to say <laughs> about that, Keeley, yeah, yeah. because. Uh, <laughs> As a tutor, the main problem is, you know, at the beginning of uh, of a cl- of a class in a sort of um, American film about college, the professor will go, forget yeah. everything you ever knew about. I say, forget everything you knew about maths and Simon Sam was English. And that's really riling a lot of people at the beginning of my calculus lessons. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The very unpopular remake of the Dead Poet Society. Yeah, yeah. You, you can you can actually use integration to prove that Fireman Sam was English. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. um, yeah, it's a simple mathematical formula. Exactly. Um, right. Should we talk about Seinfeld? Yeah, let's. Yeah, let, let's let's uh, let's let's get let's get Phoebe, off do, this. Do you want to drive this one because you you actually wrote notes about this? Okay, great idea. Um, I wrote them. First thing this morning, and um, I'm also completely smooth-brained at the moment. <laughs> so what I'm going to do um, is just remind everyone that uh, you have to agree with everything I say and follow all of my edicts Great. until tomorrow's sundown. Um, and I'm just going to really just quickly just describe the episode that, okay. um, that, that, that we watched. It's episode one. Season season one, episode two. <sighs> so I've just disagreed with Phoebe. That's ah, anti-Semitism. That's okay, so yeah, <laughs> straight yeah, away. So, um, already. You are... Your verifiable data was pretty problematic there, Milo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was that was uh, some very very suspect tropes that yeah. you just used there. Phoebe's lived experience is that she watched episode one, season two. <laughs> That's my that is yeah. my lived experience, and I fail to see uh, who you think you are. Trying to contradict mm. my lived experience. I, I will say, not to not to pull back the the curtain to the the gross intestines of the making of this podcast. But Milo did text episode <laughs> two, season one, which is a an ill way of saying it. It should always always season then episode. Mad, <laughs> mad. Yeah, it's Milo's day energy that we do not want to see on on, yeah. on a British podcast. I. I was using the Jewish try- calendar out of respect. <laughs> okay. Deliberately deliberately trying to baffle me, yeah. which is also racist and sexist. <laughs> right, good. Well, okay. we've established that now. We've established so. that. Okay, so season one, episode two, mm-hmm. uh, is the first time we see Elaine, who is Jerry's ex. I'm, I'm just doing a kind of rundown here for Milo, who is looking faintly baffled. Yeah, um, which is racist and sexist, as we know. What, to look baffled? No, to be baffled. To be baffled. Yeah. To have been baffled. The state of being baffled by someone. May I go on? It's an aggression of sorts. 
<laughs> May I continue? Yes. It's fun for me because <laughs> I'm, I'm recording remotely, so I have no idea what the additional 90% of human communication of their faces are like. I'm as in the dark as the listeners right now as to what extent that this is uh, jovial. <laughs> We're totally naked. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Um, We're both wearing nothing but just gigantic shirts. Yeah. Gigantic Crayola colored shirts. Mm. And, and we're both sat on the same chair. Yeah, it's like honestly, it's kind it's I, I kind of feel like the energy's getting a little bit weird in the studio. So, you, so, so you're wearing quite happy shirts that are so long that they cover all the way down to your legs. So you're saying that you're like someone that's mm. hooked up with someone and wearing their shirt the next day, but they're six feet taller than you. And I think that's pretty problematic to date someone six foot yeah. taller than you, from what I've read. Well, it's it's problematic from that from their point of view because everyone knows that wanting to have sex with petite women is rooted in paedophilia. Yeah. A, a true a true nineties shirt could be mistaken for a shalwar kameez, and that's what you need to bear in mind. God. And that's they were Islamizing us in the nineties via shirts, and no one realised this. I love that it's like 13 minutes in and we've so far spent 10 seconds discussing the plot of this Seinfeld yeah, episode. That, yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> yeah, all right. If I may, if I may continue, mm-hmm. Milo, go put your jeans back on because this is a very distracting situation we've got yeah. here with the giant shirts. Um, yeah, it's the first time we see Elaine, who is Jerry's ex-girlfriend and now friend, and mm. it's about them trying to negotiate their post-breakup friendship through the medium of him meeting a woman at a party who he likes the look of and he doesn't want and he doesn't want her to find out that he likes the look of this woman and he doesn't know her name so he has so he has to go to her workplace in the hopes of running into her yeah. so that's the kind of that's the, in the hopes of getting cancelled in the following hopes a woman of getting to canceled. her place of work well, it's a bit it, i mean the episode is called the stakeout and mm. i feel like that is a little bit of a suspect framing um mm. but that is the that's the that's the that's the plot um as we talked about in the last episode uh it's still very much jerry's show there's like an a plot and that's pretty much it the rest of the characters just kind of riff off and bounce off the main plot they don't get they don't given get given their own plots and then we have the as in the as in the first episode we have the stand-up bits which are informed and inspired by the stuff that is going on in his life uh, yeah to an extent yeah. <laughs> to an extent to an extent well i don't I, I didn't i didn't i didn't know this but until until riley told us about it but the the original pitch was about a stat was a sitcom about a stand-up comedian who gets his ideas for his bits from his life. Yeah, like the show was supposed to explain how he came up with the bits. Because you watch the Seinfeld bits in the show and you're like, how would you come up with it? Right, right, right. I have no yeah. idea. I have yeah. no idea. How? I mean, like the, like the first bit, the first what is bit this guy is smoking? about how women write women checks. Women be shopping. <laughs> women be specifically, shopping. they be paying by check. <laughs> women be writing checks in the supermarket. And then there's a kind of slightly... It's a slightly strange bit and there's a bit of a there's a bit of a kind of interesting almost shit post adjacent vibe to his claim that there's something inherently unmasculine about writing a check because it's like mm. getting a note from your mum saying that you have no money. I don't know, um and literacy seems pretty sus to me. No homo. 
No, I think no, literacy no, seems pretty sad. To, to write, <laughs> to, to write in a chat rather, rather than give me gold or distilled whiskey as a currency, the currency of a man, mm. a strapping man. Yeah, why Real have you learned pay to with Bitcoin? Why have you learned to sign your own name so you can sign love letters to another bloke? Is that <laughs> is that what's going on there? Because I don't really see any legitimate use for that other than for seducing other men. <laughs> yeah. Mm. That's right. Uh, so yeah, so that's the, so that's the rough skeleton of the episode. So let's uh, let, yeah. let's riff. Let's jump in. I mean, we might as well we might as well start with the checks bit. I, okay. Yeah. I, all right. What 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 do we think about that? I mean, first of all, I have never, and I'm very elderly. I have never seen anybody paying for a check in a super paying. Buy check in the supermarket. Any, ch- any chance the sitcom is from the early nineties? <laughs> right, yeah, but like, I was and that alive. Shirt he's wearing is very old fashioned. I remember the uh, okay, yeah. Or, uh, no one yeah, in right, the gig, no one in the gig <laughs> is using their mobile phones. Like, what the fuck? This is so inaccurate. Mm. <laughs> I remember the early nineties relatively vividly, and I have never seen mm. anyone paying. Paying by check in a shop. It's America though. People still do this in America. People still write checks. Yeah, it's fucking because in America they have like obviously despite it being like the absolute imperial core of the greatest empire the world has ever known. Also, everything is like the eighties there. (laughs) Like they like but back until like about ten years ago. It, but like people in America had like really behind the times phones. Like whenever you went to America, they had like phones that were like five years out of date compared to what people in Europe used. They don't use chip and pin with cards. Like they still sign for their fucking credit cards. Like, really? It, yeah. Yeah. Chip and pin. Chip these, and pin like, is companies, <clears throat> Yeah. They basically all these companies in America have lobbied for this. Like the company that like does makes the fucking magnetic strips is like, no, we're keeping the fucking signing for cards. It's like it's literally that stupid. What's their reason? What's the reason? Is it like that it reduces fraud if you have to sign or something? I don't know because it doesn't do that. So I I don't know what. Well, I mean, signing is better than tappy tappy. Well, yeah, but like pin is obviously the most secure because like no one ever checks the signature like you could just sign you write anything on there and no one would give a yeah, fuck i've never been able to forge yeah. someone's pin by sort of looking at how they write like letters <laughs> what sort of number yeah. would they pick what sort of <laughs> no, but it's, it's not even pick because most of the time it's a sign what sort of what sort of number would your bank uh, would your bank randomly assign you <laughs> Yeah. Oh, keeping an eye oh. on their body language, like analyzing all their ticks. It's like, oh, yeah. shoulders back. That looks like a seven. <laughs> I remember once having, I think bank card pins are a very revealing thing. So I remember once having a conversation with one of my girlfriends who couldn't remember any of her bank card pins. And then I'm oh like, God, that is so anxiety producing. And, and, and she used to write them all down. And I'm like, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then I said to her, you do know that you can just set all of your pins to the same one, right? And then you only have one to remember. And she's like, you can do that. And I'm like, what? Where have you been? What life have you been living? Like, oh yeah, you just have to remember nine different numbers. Yeah, I mean, my, I don't really know what to say. I don't really know what to say to that. Yeah. My advantage, really, have you got any, well, my have you got any pin sort of code stories? I remember in perfect three-dimensional detail every poor decision I've ever made in my life is that I'm also quite nifty with remembering my own pins. Mm. That's the that's the flip side of anxiety, I think. You've got the pin card palace yeah, in your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just walk I, have to, in. I have to sort of walk past, you know, walk past the time where I didn't tell someone I love them and missed a chance. But then I'm like, oh yeah, that's my <laughs> right mm. next to that in the in the mind palace is. Yeah. <laughs> The Mastercard Dojo, right next to the sort of heartbreak. Yeah, yeah, heartbreak hotel, <laughs> and then like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
all my pin numbers. Uh, so what kind of treasured memories are being replaced by pin codes? Mm. Like, because the, the average human brain has a limited amount of storage space unless you pay like mm. like a pound a month like and, Johnny and Mnemonic. no one's got any time for that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, so you have to start. De- so you have to start deleting stuff in order to rem- yeah. in order to remember stuff. And my and my issue is I <laughs> time to revisit the only time my father said he loved me, and then like my dad turns to me and says four six five nine. For our listeners, uh, that is that is Milo's pin code. So uh, if yeah. you if you wish to defraud him, steal my card. If you bitch. wish to defraud him, you uh, you you can. It's not. It's not my pin code. If you want to know my pin code, at Alex Keeley. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, please, please. Yeah, he remembers it. I don't. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I hate. Yeah, I hate. Like, I hate. Like, it's I, it's really horrible when I find Milo walking around my mind palace, and then he just sort of like he picks up his pin, but he will go have a good laugh at some of my most traumatic memories as he's as he's walking I, through. I have. I have. I have oh, banned. You're into that, yeah. I've <laughs> banned Milo from from my mind palace. There is a. There is an anti. Uh, there is Do an anti Milo in, injunction. Yeah, we've got. A, we have a photograph <laughs> of Milo. The mind palace bouncer. Yeah, who's that's Ukrainian right. nationalist. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we have a mind palace. Um, mind palace door, and behind it are pictures of all the people who are not who are not to be admitted under any circumstances. Well, I'm so low status that... Amongst m- them is Milo Edwards. Milo just saunters into my mind palace, and my own mind palace's oh. bouncer always makes me get my idea. And I'm like, dude, I've got- my name's above the joint. Like, just look. I don't want to be I don't want to be like, don't you know who I am? But you're literally in my mind palace. Like, please let me into my own mind palace. Yeah. You're not allowed in the VIP section of your own mind palace. <laughs> that would be very yeah. fitting. Some of my That's best, some, all my best, and, my best and worst memories are all just sitting behind a cordon off area drinking Cristal. And I'm like, um, yeah. can, I, can, I, can I at least get in on the tab in my yeah. own mind palace? <laughs> your, your, school, your school year's bullies are sitting there drinking champagne <laughs> with like the one that got away in your yeah. mind palace. <laughs> And, and the I'm bullies like, <laughs> all have like pin codes just tattooed on their foreheads. Yeah, like it's the Russian, <laughs> like the Russian mafia has been bought out by Mastercard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I would yeah, I would like to talk about uh, mm-hmm. as as boys and as boys. experiences of contemporary masculinity. I would mm. like to hear from you two about whether or not it is in fact gay to write a check. Uh, I can't remember Mm. the last time I did I uh, I cashed a check the other day oh okay I didn't. Um, <laughs> all right, but so, all right, so, all right. So, Mr. Warbucks. <laughs> all right, over Esther here. Yeah, so, <laughs> over here. So yeah, so what I'm saying is men are really into me. Is what I'm. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Mm. There. Um, no, I can't remember the last time I did write a check. Um, uh, I guess it. Uh, <laughs> I guess it must just be how bloody straight I am. I guess. Um, yeah. The <laughs> uh, Milo. <laughs> Uh, I, the last time, I can't remember when the last time was I wrote a check, but the last time of my life when I consistently wrote checks was when I was at uni because I had to, you had to pay your college bill and you could only pay it by check or bank transfer. And at the time I didn't have access to my online banking, like literally for years at a time <laughs> I couldn't be, cause like my credentials had expired and I would have had to have rung them up to get new credentials. And I was a student. I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm not ringing anyone before 5 PM. Fuck that. I'm just going to write checks. <laughs> and so that's what I did. 
Did did uh, ring, did ringing up your bank give you anxiety? Uh, that's that's right. That's yes, correct. that sounds about um, right. Uh, you'll notice you'll notice that uh, Milo said uh, college to pay his college bill. Uh, he doesn't like to talk about it, but uh, he did uh, he did go to Cambridge, but he doesn't like to uh, to talk about I, I know talk about that, 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 and that's why no one knows. Very, people are very tired of podcasts hosted by people from the Doxbridge Mafia. I understand that <laughs> there are too many Doxbridge people in media. And I think people who went to Oxford, Cambridge, and most importantly, Durham, uh, should make way for, you know, people who went to proletarian universities like uh, Bristol. I, re- I, re- <laughs> I, re- I really enjoy like a little bit of a little bit of like Durham banter. I think it makes uh, both you and us very relatable because that's right. everyone nothing- hates people who went to Durham. <laughs> OK, you know, that was that, that is actually true. No, no, that is. <laughs> Sorry, I agreed non-ironically with what Phoebe was saying. <laughs> like I just it's like it is it is the equivalent on Twitter of upper middle class people getting viral success doing videos mocking upper class people. And it's like there's a shade of a difference between your persona and your act and the thing that you're mocking like your yeah. actual life. Like so it's Goodness just like when, when, I wonder to who people go be like referring. Durham, a bunch of yeah. cunts. It's like, well that's just you, but you've just put a you just put a blazer on it. But it's still basically yeah. you. Like it's like <laughs> Yeah, you know that's how that right. that's honestly, I think how we could have prevented the loss of the red wall if we'd just yeah. gone up there and just said, "People who went to Durham, though." Yeah, right. Look, we're going to be getting oh, yeah. on the show, so at yeah. that point, we can discuss that in greater detail. Yeah, um, that's a man with a Durham <laughs> energy. I don't know where he went, but it's a Durham energy. I thought he went. I thought he went to Oxford. Did he not? He might have done, but it's possible to go I to Oxford so- and have I- a Durham energy. I- that is that's that's genuinely <laughs> one of the most obnoxious things that you've ever, like in a crowded field. That is the most obnoxious thing you've ever said in a crowded field like this episode. We're only twenty six minutes in. Can I do better? Let's find out. Let's okay. Find um. Out. So we we haven't really come to a satisfactory conclusion over whether or not it is gay to write a check. Um, I, d- I don't think it is gay to write a check. Um, I-, I think it would depend what you're writing a check for. I mean, this is if the you're thing, writing I've... a check to a man to suck you off, that might be gay. That's pretty gay. Yeah. Um, if but you the are... check writing is incidental there. If you are laying your check in a diagonal line along the picturesque muscles that run between his waist and his hip and make a nice kind of v-shape and if you get your checkbook and kind of lay it so it kind of runs perpendicular to that line that's pretty gay mm. <laughs> well, also, you, to do you that? probably end up with quite a messily written check it's not really it's not a firm enough surface to neatly right because also like the the surface of a check is quite slippy like you need a ballpoint pen you need to press quite hard you couldn't write a check in pencil no good. Can you not write a check in pencil? I don't know if legally you can't, but it wouldn't come but out very can, well. If you can write the, write a check on the side of a cow, then you Excuse should be able me? to... Yeah. Well, you've just said that. So that's like <laughs> a thing that we all know, but it's not. <laughs> if you... like People, people think that, it ha- that a check has to be written on bank-issued checkbook paper, but it, but it doesn't. You can write a check on anything and a bank has to accept it. That's why you can get those like massive charity checks. Is that so, what Van Gogh was doing? Okay, first yeah, of so, all, yes. So, 
So the reason I don't bank with NatWest anymore is I tried to deposit a cow written check into one of the um, automated check receiving machines. And, um, <laughs> uh, it's got, got very messy yeah. milk everywhere. Yeah. And the machine was like, really I'm horrible. a vegan. Oh, oh, milk everywhere. If only milk. Come on, it's blood. It's blood, baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. A mixture of milk and blood. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, fine. it's pre- predominantly the red stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I... I I don't know why I thought of a cow <laughs> before no, every like- other thing you could possibly <laughs> write a check on. But I'm mm. almost positive that I saw... you have to change pen colour depending on where you were on the cow. Well, it depends what kind of cow it is. I'm presuming your classic black and white. Uh, okay. It's the cow oh, right. everyone's no, okay. imagining. Fine. No, fine. no one's well, thinking. I was writing blue ink for just this reason. Okay. You're hitting I the have- black, you're hitting the white, you're I have, it. I have, brought, I have brought this up before. And this is one of the, th- and this is one of my beliefs, which I take very, very seriously. And that is that it is fucked up that people think of a Frisian as the standard cow. Right. And that if you, and if you think of, and if you think of cow print, that you automatically cow go buyer. to the black and white patches. This yeah. is, uh, this is cow erasure, for one thing. <laughs> It's, I love that uh, music. Yeah. It's, it, 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 it is. It is. It is. It is. It's so good. All the music is <laughs> Oh goodness me. Um. Yeah. And it's um. It's it's a cow microaggression and microaggression. Microaggression. Thank you. It's <laughs> it's free. It is Frisian supremacy. <laughs> Man, is what it is. Frisian supremacy. No one. Is what it is. Where is, is where is, is Frisia? Is. is that is that is that Holland somewhere? What? No, I don't Frisia, know. Yeah, no, because Frisian cows are so cool because they're from. It's it's either in like the low parts of Germany or in Holland somewhere. Oh, I thought it was one of those like regions which no longer existed. Like, um, well, no region ever ceases to exist. Like, if it's ever existed, it still exists. Okay, yeah, but have not blown it up. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's why your that's why your map startup went out of business because you insisted on overlaying every single descriptor that's ever been had Look, for every been, region on earth. It, it, yeah. it got blown up by a bunch of cow nationalists. Yeah, who um, who blew up the entire region? No, no, but like some regions I'm going are on now- holiday to the Holy Roman Empire. So right? Yeah, I'm like okay. I leave, I leave the M. I leave the M40 and go into Wessex. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. right. Wessex doesn't exist anymore. I'm so I'm not going to no, accept it, it that does. Wessex still exists. It still exists. Well, well, okay, it's just, right. It's just no people don't use that term for that area anymore. But it, the, just the, off the on physical... a mini break to Mercia, of course. Yeah, that's right. I mean, terrible Stop off choice. Stop by Westphalia. Yeah, well, that's quite near to Frisia, actually. So is it? Yeah, <laughs> no, Westphalia is like where Cologne is. That's Westphalia, I think. There you go. <laughs> this is the geography podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, I think that we should be thinking in terms of writing our checks on Jersey cows. Okay, but they're too long-haired. You'd have to like shave it into the no, side. Not. What are you talking about? What are you thinking of? Are you thinking of Highland are they the brown? Are they the sort of golden? Are they the they're sort of the kind of silky, silky golden one. They're quite right, long-haired right. compared to a Frisian, though. No, they're not. They're You're not as long-haired of... as like an Aberdeen Angus or something. But they're Jersey they're... cows are not long-haired. They're not like, but they're like medium head. They're longer head than a Frisian. Frisians are like quite short head. They'd be easier to write on. You could write on a Frisian with a marker pen, I reckon. But on a Jersey cow. Write, no, Jersey, Jersey cows are very kind of silky. Are you thinking of the, what, no, the, I know, the Swiss longhorn? I know longhorn. what a Jersey cow looks like. I'm, I'm with you here. But I think you would need to paint them. I don't think you could just write on one. I, think. I don't think you'd need to paint one. I think if, if you had a strong enough marker pen, 
I think you'd be able to write on a jersey oh, cow. Oh, marker pen now. Mm. Oh, it's a yeah. marker pen now, is no, it? No, no, it's not. Oh, no, Kini, no, no, are you, you can... trying to use a biro yeah, to write on the side no, of a cow? I don't write I mean, on, on I mean... a cow with a biro. First of all, um, it's so animal cruelty. I would say we discussed. I'd say we discussed using cows as a medium of financial exchange for twice as long as we have the Seinfeld episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's no, that, that's mm. true. But I've got, but I've, but um, I've got fixated on it now. Unfortunately, Fair. Um, mm. I remember there being a few, a few years ago. There was a, like one of those sort of local news stories. And it was about. He was just solemnly deleting <laughs> notes he made about thoughts he had about the Seinfeld episode. We're and the coming arc of back it. to it. I just need to talk a bit more about writing <laughs> well, on cows. Got, I've, got right? whole, I've got so many notes about uh, burning ferrets as fuel for my Bitcoin engine. So <laughs> I'll come back to that later. Um, yeah, it was a story a few, a few years ago about um, somebody who proposed to his girlfriend by writing the proposal on the side of what was described as her favourite cow. <laughs> and I okay. and I thought <laughs> yeah, at the sure, time that if somebody scribbled all over my favourite cow, I'd go absolutely mad. I'd be like, what the this- fuck do you think you're doing? No, I won't marry you. You've written on my cow. Mm. It does. It does sound like the setup to a like Bernard Manning era mother-in-law joke. The way that you said that, <laughs> <laughs> my mother-in-law. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Who's actually a cow? Who's, who is literally a Jersey cow? I, I'm not. I'm not being <laughs> offensive. She is literally a cow. So, what, the the your fictional mother-in-law? Yeah, my. Does fictional... that mean that your fictional wife is half cow? Yeah, that's right. She's okay. part cow. Part. <laughs> Although, actually, if your if your mother is a, if your mother is a cow, that's enough. That means you're a cow. That's how it works. Okay, cow yeah. Cow is passed down on the mother's. Yeah. So it's, it's match. Yeah. Cow- cowdom is matrilineal. That's right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um. And that's so why she- all cows are Jewish. That's why. <laughs> but does that mean that you? But to clarify, does that mean that you have to? Do you have to convert to being a cow? You can convert to being a cow, but, but it's the other a cows very, have to very, convince you not to. Yeah, three it's times. a very, very complicated. Yeah. It's a very complicated right. process and procedure to convert to being a cow. Um, back to the episode. Yeah. Uh, it's after that brief digression. <laughs> after that brief digression about writing on cows. Um. The like the kind of the, the like the meat of the episode. It's very mm. it's very kind of old fashioned sitcom and it's very obvious that it's a very different kind of beast. Mm. From a like, cow. First of all, from a cow. Second, you couldn't write on Jerry Seinfeld because he's quite hairy and it would oh, it unlike would tra- a Jersey cow. It would trap <laughs> not the- a shred of hair on one all of right. those. Jerry Are you Se- saying that Jerry Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld is hairier than, than a Jersey cow? That is what I'm saying. And if you disagree with what I'm saying. Genuinely, the, the, easily the biggest claim of the episode of this episode so far. <laughs> huge, huge claim. Jerry Seinfeld can sue us, but we would have right to discovery. Yeah. We would get to see how hairy the man is. He's very hairy. He's got mm, he's right. got a, he's got a thick covering. He's got a, <laughs> he's got a chest carpet. Okay. Um, mm. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, yeah. He has, and he'd be very, as a result, very difficult to write on because, okay. like, because your 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 nib would keep kind of you know bucking and and getting trapped. Well, in you'd, his use a, you'd use a marker pen, wouldn't you, to write on Jerry Seinfeld? I think even with a marker pen, I think you'd have difficulty because the ink would kind of dry on his chest hair and make it kind of go kind of clumpy and 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 crispy. Okay. Sorry, is, is, <laughs> sorry is, Jerry, is Jerry Seinfeld like Sean Connery? Sean, Con- Sean Connery. Yeah. Sean Connery. Sean Connery. In, yeah. Uh, in what's what's that fucked up film where he's in the reds in the like? Oh, Zardoz. Film? 
Yeah, is it Zardoz? That's why I said Sean Connor D, because there's a D in Zardoz. Uh, yeah, that's right. um, so is, is Seinfeld have that level of chest hair? I I don't I don't know I can't speak. I've to only that. seen I've only seen Curb, so I've not you know I've not I think yeah. I think Seinfeld's guest appearances don't have him bare chested. Sean Sean Connery's level of chest hair is quite consistent through his films. It's just that Zardos is the film where you can see more of it. But like if <laughs> sure, you imagine okay. Bond Sean Connery like that level of chest hair. Well, now are you trying to are you trying to explain can't visualize Sean... it? I can't visualize Sean Connery's chest hair just at a moment's notice. I've got pin codes to remember. Right. The meat of the episode. <laughs> the meat of the episode. Are you trying, to, <laughs> are you trying to explain Sean Connery's hair in the context of the World War II stats era uh, f- bullets fired into the diagram of bullets fired into the um, plane wingspan? I literally don't that, know what I mean, that means. A, is, that, is, that, <laughs> is, that, is that is that is that an uninter- have I just have I just come on to a, a trash feature affiliated podcast and managed to out meme you for once in my goddamn life? You have, yeah, um, you have. I have no idea what that, that means. That, 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 no. I mean, this is uh, what a what a, what <laughs> nothing like a zinging riff that requires me to do thirty minutes, <laughs> thirty seconds of stats explanation afterwards. It's the it's the error in World War Two. It's a it's a foundational thing in stats where you're getting the denominator wrong that you get. Uh, uh, engineers in World War II trying to work out what bit of the plane to reinforce and you get all the planes coming back and they got bullet holes in the wings mm-hmm. so you go oh we need to put more armour on the wings and it's like no no you don't the, the, the point is all the planes that are coming back with bullet holes in their wings it's actually fine that they've got bullet holes in their wings they still survived having bullets there right, it's all the planes right, right, coming right. back that, that don't come back that had bullet holes in their engines which caused them to crash so it's uh, uh-huh. it's 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 believing something to be the case because you mistake the evidence you see as total rather than uh, partial. Oh, it's what Daniel uh, Kahneman calls what you see is all there is. Is that thing? Yeah, uh, yeah, that sounds like it. What what does that have to do with Sean Connery's chest hair? That 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 uh, it was. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna really justify the insanity <laughs> of me, of me saying that, which it was that Sean's like it was that Milo part. Milo said Milo said that. You only think that about Sean Connery's chest hair because that's the Zardoz film that you see like the most of, whereas oh, the rest of his career you don't. So that it was a, ch- a change in denominator altering oh. a situation that was consistently mm. thus. So under normal circumstances, you don't necessarily think yeah. about his chest hair. So you assume yeah. that his hairy chested role is the one film because that's when you'll see it, that's when it's yeah. more visible but actually he's just as hairy yeah. in the hunt for the red october he's just wearing a yeah. soviet submariner's uniform why do you both yeah. know so much of, there about are loads sean, of sean connery's with bullets in their chest strewn over the battlefields of world war ii europe that yeah. we never see uh, and only nice. think of zardos or- and it's amazing that those bullets made it through the thick coating of hair <laughs> frankly the, the naive and a marker pen could penetrate I have seen precisely two Sean Connery films in my entire life. One of them was a Bond film whose title I don't remember. And the other was the uh, cat burglar thing he's in with Catherine Zeta-Jones. Oh, Entrapment. Entrapment. Yeah, I've seen two Sean Sean Connery films, Entrapment, twice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, To be fair, you watch it from different perspectives and it is like watching two different films. More than once. Mm, uh, oh, I was doing a Sean Connery voice. Doing a Sean Connery voice. <laughs> it was inevitable, wasn't it? Oh, I suppose it was. You yeah, I didn't bring him up. You should shoot my balls. Easily, easily the least offensive voice of the episode. I'm, yeah, I'm down that, for that, it. That's, yeah, that's fair enough. You know, there's a there's a there's a bit in Entrapment when he buy when he buys Catherine Zeta Jones a dress to wear. Uh, Catherine mm. Zeta Jones, also a Welsh king, so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, That's right. Yeah, it, it, it's canon that she is married to Fireman Sam. <laughs> <laughs> 
in the you never <laughs> see her in the show, but it's who, implied. Who, who also got very ill eating her pussy. Yeah, that's right. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> I was I was debating. I was debating. I was debating whether to bring it up, and I'm so glad that you did. I feel like really toxic if I bring it up, but absolutely yeah. go for it. Absolutely Michael good. Douglas's official position is that Catherine Zeta-Jones has a nasty pussy, <laughs> um, which is extremely anti-Welsh of him. So, Michael Douglas, if you're listening, yeah. you are cancelled. <laughs> we know. Yeah, we, yeah. We know no, eating leeks has an adverse effect on the quality of the pussy, but we won't stop. It's part of our culture. Um, yeah. So yeah. So he. Hell. So so Sean Connery. We're just going to ignore that. I'm really going to pretend I didn't when hear the pussy it. If I didn't, if I didn't oh hear, if I pretend that uh, I didn't hear it, then I am not responsible for it. Right. Um, yeah. He bu- Yeah. He buys her this. He buys her this dress to wear. Mm. And he tells her when he was choosing the size. I don't know why this is pretty much the only thing I remember about entrapment, apart from the very, very hot bit when she like goes up and like up and under the lasers in her cat suit. Classic. But he says to her, <laughs> he presents her with this dress, and he says, "I thought you were probably a six, but would look better in a four. And I remember thinking, even at it's the time really when I well, I, I'm assuming that's what he was saying, but. There's quite a lot of difference between women's dress sizes. And I would be very, very annoyed on a level with if someone had written on my favorite cow, if someone bought me a dress that was a size too small and said that they thought it would look better on me when what it would actually make me look is extremely uncomfortable and a bit like a poorly packed sausage. Yeah. (laughs) Or maybe a very well packed sausage. Do you want a loosely packed sausage? I don't mean, want them rattling around in the pack, do you? Depends on the sausage. I wouldn't. Mister Richmond wouldn't have that, would he? I don't know. Who or Mister Walls. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I but actually also don't like, know who either of those. Uh, either of those are. <laughs> they're two brands of sausages. Two brands like, of sausages. Okay. Is that Jewish culture? Is not knowing the names of brands of sausages. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's, not, it's not kosher to know the like, brands. Female culture is not liking the idea of being bought a dress which is a size too small and writing checks and (laughs) having a favourite cow. And Jewish culture is not knowing about sausages. (laughs) Having low um, sausage knowledge. But I just feel like also, right, a dress, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, uh, you know, a dress size is still predicated on, it's quite a uniform change from four to six, right? You're not really accounting Mm. for intra that different body shapes so i just love mm. the idea that the comedy version of it the super the, the the smash cut after she's like accepted this dress is that like in like her in her bust and other areas it's just like a perfectly fitting dress without any of this kind of sleazy implication of like cleavage spilling out but just like her ankles are really bulging in it. <laughs> it's just like that it's one that she's that her body shape is roughly a four but it's just in the wrong place and it's in no way sexually alluring for connery to have tried to like trip her up with a weird Dress size. Mm. Mm. So I mean that is um, that is that is, that is <laughs> just like shows up in this dress and there's just like leaks just spilling out of it. Yeah. Um, the concept of this podcast is that we find any excuse not to discuss Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's Tristram Shandy's okay. Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, all right, all right. Like that, is it? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trist, Trist, Tristram Shandy. Is that what we're doing? We're being, we're making elitist references now, are we? Look, my job as a stand-up comedian is to know precisely one thing about everything, and then no more below it. It's to be an iceberg levitating above the sea with literally no depth below it. That's, That's right. I couldn't. 
I all I know about Tristram Shandy is the Steve Coogan film. Yeah. I've not read it. It's quite good, the Steve Coogan film. Yeah. It's very good. It's My quite, impression is that fair, it is quite, a soulful It's quite, soulful it's quite a good, good book. It's, it's a little bit difficult to get through. It's quite mm. smug. Down at, uh, <laughs> down at the comedy club, they call Alex Keeley Dua Leaper because he's levitating and also oh, believes in a greater also Albania. believes in a greater Albania. That's right. And spends half of his life trying to, uh, trying to undermine the region of Macedonia, which, if he has his way, will cease to exist because that's what happens with regions which no longer exist. Look, <laughs> look. You'll be, you won't, you won't be laughing. You'll be laughing on the other side of your face when you see the photos from my holiday in Bithynia. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. So at the, so at this time, it's a much more, it's a much more kind of traditional sitcom. And there's a kind of bit where like Jerry and Elaine have a kind of semi-serious, like we are like friends, kind of sincere conversation which is like it's very much from the kind of the cheers playbook of sitcoms it's not how it's not what it turns into at all and elaine at the time is just the girl which all sitcoms had to have much like podcasts yeah um all podcasts have (laughs) to have the girl on this podcast yeah that's milo he's the girl Uh, you can tell because he's writing a check like right now on the side of his favorite cow (laughs) Um, <laughs> on the side of Phoebe's favourite cow just to annoy her um, it is masculine culture to have a favourite cow and it is a jersey I'm just saying actually right. no it's one of those it's one of those big brown Swiss ones they're sick yeah the ones with the kind of like the weird lumpy necks <laughs> love a lumpy Swiss neck as long as they've got as long like as they've got little, on little bells on their on their heads when they're dragging them down from the mountain at the end of summer I'm into mm. that yeah they do have little bells on their heads they do. Oh, that's, and, that's my favourite cow then. And they, and they know where all the na- Nazi banks are. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah. I forgot how neutral those cows were in World War II. They are they ex- didn't join up. They didn't, they didn't even go to They didn't even go to Spain in 36 for the, <laughs> as, part of the, as part of the International Cow Brigade. You know why it's which called... Which is horrifying because yeah. so many of them were killed by, by Stalin. You know why it's called the Neutral Milk Hotel? Because it is run, <laughs> by, the, <laughs> it is run by the Swiss cows. That's right. <laughs> Neutral milk. Milk that doesn't come down on one side or the other on whether or not genocide is good. Yeah, that's right. The Neutral Milk Hotel was more than happy to accept money from a lot of very suspect people in the name of neutrality. That's what we will say. I hate it when Adolf Eichmann stays at the Neutral Milk Hotel. <laughs> like up on the wall, like for n- notable guests of the Neutral Milk Hotel. Like, is that Reinhard Heydrich? <laughs> Joseph Moobles. <laughs> Joseph Moobles. Fucking hell. <laughs> Look, I had. I was trying to think of uh, a Nazi cow pun, and that's all. I, and that's all I had. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So they had. So they had to have. A, so they had to have a girl, and then someone or other worked out around season three. So we've got we've got a good number of episodes to get through yeah. before it turns into the brilliant thing that it turns into. Uh, which I don't know what that is because I've not watched it. Yeah, so at the moment it's a kind of Schro- Schrodinger's sitcom situation. Mm. Uh, right, so him and Elaine have this conversation yeah, yeah, about yeah, how they're the, friends now. About, yeah, about, and, it's, and it's very sincere and it's just, and it's not, and it's not the dynamic and someone, one of the writers presumably, works out that uh, later on that Julia Louis-Dreyfus is a brilliant, brilliant genius 
and is going to be able to turn the character into a into a really really terrific standalone character as opposed to just the girl who's there as like a as who's there as like a foil and a straight man for Jerry, mm. uh, and so she was just allowed to kind of have sort of free reign with the character, and then they started writing her proper storylines, and it's terrific. But at the moment, she's just a bit like, oh, okay, she's there, so she's. Yeah. She's girl. really funny in the final scene. Like, like the, 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 there's, there's, there's a bit of meat for oh, her yeah, in the final scene. Not, not even that. Like, I, I know that you weren't even. I know that you weren't saying that she, she wasn't good in this episode. It's more that like I still think there's like there's already a bit of fun writing for her. That final scene, she's the funny. Like her character is the funny one. Yeah. Like, re- and Jerry's the one reacting to like her cheekily, you know, uh, alluding to the guy that she's seeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but she hasn't got her own plot, and George doesn't have his own plot. Although you do see some uh, founding, uh, founding. What? Oh my god! Seriously, I did say that I had smooth brain. You, I think, I think basically, <sighs> neutral milk hotel. The neutral like, milk hotel. The, the neutral milk hotel. Not, broke we're all struggling <laughs> to say anything as good as that, mm-hmm. and that's include, the, that's got to include you. <laughs> it's it's harder for you. You got to top your own thing. We're yeah, just trying no, to at least top sim- our own thing. Simply refuse <laughs> to do that. I can't um, believe it's not milk. And it's the so, it's the it's the origin story of George's secret fictional double life as an architect. So George is established later on as a truly truly prodigious liar and one of the things <laughs> that he lies about is that he is an architect or more precisely he he lies about wanting to be an architect liars are the architects in a way of their own stories <laughs> do you want do you want to do you want to expand on that because yeah. well, I, I, mean... I, I go further than that and say all architects are liars. <laughs> <laughs> what are you hiding underneath that building? A, du- a dungeon full of Austrian children, is it? Is that what it is? Bloody hell. <laughs> is that why you're building a house, mate? <laughs> you know who else uh, had a house? Joseph Fritzl. Amazing, Joseph, amazing. Joseph Fritzl <laughs> didn't build his house, though, did he? Uh, I don't think he built his house, but he certainly built the dungeon. Why are you always bringing up Joseph Fritzl? You can't get builders Fritzl. in for that. You what? can't hire a builder and be like, can you, can you, can you build? Well, not, can you you please? It, not if you call it a dungeon, but I think, no, many, things need... the, I think many things that you could do the final modifications, oh, oh. Uh, which turn it from fun basement rec room to appalling dungeon <laughs> Joseph, on, mate, your, on your own. Are you sure that you don't want to be able to release the lock from the inside? Like, what if you, <laughs> what if you, you know, what if the door shut behind you when you was in there? Because you've had it soundproofed, so you wouldn't be able to like call for help or anything like that. Okay, so the question is: Are Joseph Fritzl's contractors as culpable and guilty as he is? Yeah. Do they have some kind of joint responsibility there? Because if they made him that dungeon, they should have been asking more questions. They didn't have to accept the job. Yeah, but then he wrote you've them that check they, on the side of a cow. They, yeah, <laughs> I, well, I think that he's got to have been cash in hand. That one, you got, you got to think that that was yeah. a that was a naughty little cash in hand. He did and it. That's Him the real reason we should split split the, the, the tax evasion is the real <laughs> naughty little cash in hand. That's yeah, right. like I mean, talk about evading your civic responsibility. Like you can forgive the keeping the children in the dungeon, but the, but the, but the. Avoiding the most basic of civic responsibilities, I think, is is really not on. You know what I yeah. don't like about Joseph Fritzl? <laughs> it's not the incest; it's the disrespect to the concept of a value-added tax. It's that, and also, it's communist. Is he? No. Oh. 
<laughs> that would have been a fun twist. Uh, <laughs> um, D- I, dirty, so, dirty commie Joseph Fritzl. <laughs> certainly dirty. Uh, <laughs> if so, I when watching this, I was like, it, as <laughs> yeah. I as I finished watching it, I was like, um, I I sort of in my head, I knew what the curb episode of this would be. Okay. Which is oh, that it would have gone okay. in a, it would have gone in a different way. So this is what the plot would have been if it had been a curb episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the the uh, uh, Jerry arrives at the party uh, five minutes in or whatever. Doesn't give a present. They argue about it. Like it, 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 here, it's just like a, a like a little beat of comedy. Jerry's like kind of a dick, but like it's not really. There would be a three minute like improvised argument with Larry David being like, "Well, I'm like a plus one. You don't." I don't I, I know we've met, but like there'll be like a three-minute argument like that, and then he'd want to get the number of this person he'd had this free song with, but he wouldn't want to talk to Elaine um, uh, for the same reason. If we say, and then instead of doing the stakeout, he would then have gone to give. He would have like rung up Pamela and given her a present so that he could ask for the number of her friend. Mm. She'd take the present, and then she would. Um, try and get the number off her friend. The friend wouldn't want to go on a date with Larry or Jerry, whichever one we say it is. And then um, Larry. she go, oh, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. I, I, she doesn't actually want to uh, go on a date with you. She had a nice... Um, and then Larry would be like, yeah, well, can I have the, can I have the present back? <laughs> can, I have the, can I have the present back? This is very, <laughs> very... Be- this is very interesting because you are unwittingly describing several future episodes of, of Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Like well, each, like each, a, like, each such aspect a, like... of this, each aspect of the plot that you described is very, very similar to stuff that happens later great. on in the later on in the show. So this is really, this is really good. This is really good speculative. This is really good speculative script writing. Mm. So, like, so you should, you should, you yeah. should submit a sample because this, because you, because <laughs> yeah. you, you, you've got Seinfeld. the ha- you've got the house style. Yeah. You've got the house yeah. style bang up, on. Calling up my agent being like, I've got this great idea for a spec script of something that hasn't been on t- air for 22 <laughs> years and its successor show is 10 years in. <laughs> like, it's only one episode as well. It's only, That's all. It's only yeah, yeah. one oh, episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's one and episode. It's, special. And it's about George, it's about George, it's about, no, no, it's about, it's about Kramer trying to have a sex dungeon built in the apartment <laughs> That's right. and it and means having like, to move into the apartment basement. Yeah. Because architects are liars. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad we've. I'm glad I've managed to bring it round uh, to round to my personal yeah. animus we, against architects. Should we wrap up by talking about the rest of the bits? All right. All right. What other bits did we have? You know who's a liar? So the the platonic yeah. Norman the Foster. Platonic. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Chris. There was the there was the pl- there was the platonic. So if we're doing this if we're doing this in a uh, I find the bit I find the bit so funny to to because uh, because like there's usually yeah I don't know it, it, like so so for that check bit for instance the like bit the the way that he closes that bit the like mm. big punchline is them whipping out a check from their holster and I'm like oh that's a pretty funny image it's just a shame that it's about this kind of basic and or to me even surreally untrue thing about women writing checks. The I mean, like the notion of being of like instead of, of of being of something being so accessible that you have a holster for it is a funny detonator. It's just a, a, a rubbish stick of dynamite. Um, yeah, and and the Plato- <laughs> a stick of dynamite that just a flag with bang on it comes out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Out of the holster. Um, 
That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's (laughs) just to let's just let's just just cram the imagery together. Yeah. Regardless of how appropriate it is. That's just Okay, Norman Foster is writing a check. Yeah, Norman Foster is writing a check and it bounces because Norman Foster is a liar. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. There was the platonic the platonic uh platonic relationship bit. Yeah, I thought that, that? I thought it's quite I think I think that's quite a good bit. The rare good Seinfeld bit. Yeah, I thought it was quite yeah. a good bit. I was happy with it. Um I thought it was quite a kind of surreal idea. And I quite liked I quite liked how he how he uh, envisioned Plato being very excited about the idea of a platonic relationship. I think that's is the, I think that's I pretty mean, is funny. the idea that w- it would though would Plato be excited about a platonic relationship being like Plato being known as the guy who never fucked. Oh, like, I've that... done this. I've done this exact tweet. I've done this exact tweet before. <laughs> where, it's like, where it's like, where it's like me, like, uh, hey, we named this thing, this relationship thing after you. Cool. What's it about? It's about how you never fuck. And it's like, what? Excuse me. That's right. <laughs> so okay, all right. So here's so here's a question. Mm. Uh, in honor of the bit, what would? And Kills will do you first because you're the guest. What would a Keelian relationship be? Oh, oh God, fuck me! Why, why is <laughs> I was the, about to say it's early the, in like, the episode like... for this, but we're 57 minutes in. <laughs> that's like, um... <laughs> oh, also, that's like the worst. That's the worst thing. You've gone. Oh, it's you're the guest. You get to go first, <laughs> um, and, and then what you've got. That's equivalent to going like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as the guest, you get to f- jump first into the lava pit. I'm yeah, like, you're that, like, yeah, it's yeah. not like that, a friendly that, invitation. That, it's like, that's would right. you like to sum up your mm. essence as a as a yeah. as a part? Okay, in like, in the in firing like, in squad, an, no, in going, an, no, please, ladies first. In an, ide- <laughs> in an <laughs> yeah, yeah, ideal yeah. world, what would be known as the Keelian relationship? What is the form uh, of the Keelian relationship? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of board games. Okay. Basically, mm. there's um, so a relationship that, like, predicated my, on board the, games. That's a Killian relationship. Y- yeah, yeah, and that like my if this is like in a hypothetical where I can modify it into like an almost utopian thing that I that my refractory period for playing board games is non-existent. Like I can just board game all night. That's that's, <laughs> oh, yeah. that's what you don't. Well, you don't have you I don't want. have a reload time for for yeah, board yeah. games. Yeah, yeah. I'm so. not like I'm not like I don't flinch when you touch my board game at the end of a game. Like it's like not you know. <laughs> Yeah. You just keep it on the table. Keely yeah. playing eight yeah. hours of Ticket to Ride with a woman who's like, for Christ's sake, Keely, rail me. And he's like, that's not how the game works. <laughs> oh, my God. Misunderstood the love game. To, love, to, love, to hear, love to hear a Milo surreal like, add-on to something I do, which literally sounds like a documentary description of a number of moments in my life. So that's good. <laughs> that's good. All right. Well, so, so, what, so what is a Milonian relationship? Uh, well, the thing about my relationship history is that it oscillates, right? Mm. Uh, there are two kinds of relationship that I have. I either have relationships uh, with women who really like me, but whom I don't like, or <laughs> I have relationships with women who I really like, but who don't like me. And so it, it's sort of like the, the, the Schrodinger's cat neutral point between those two things. So that's what a Melonian relationship is. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's like you, you get to be unhappy in two very different ways at different times. <laughs> so what you need to do is find the ideal uh, Melonian mean 
Yeah. Which is where the, you don't. My li- average relationship is, is great. Which is where you don't like but, each other. <clears throat> but this is why this is why the average, the, like the mean <laughs> average, is a misleading stat, right? Because if you took the average of my relationships, they're all phenomenally yeah. happy. Okay. Yeah. But the trouble is, the median relationship or the modal relationship uh, okay. is disastrous. So the so the goal, that- so the golden Milo is fine. Yeah, I need an you need Aristotelian Milo for this. Do you know? Do you know that? Do you know the spiders Greg tweet? What? The spiders Greg. The, the, there's a very good tweet on. Uh, there's a very good tweet which is the spiders Greg tweet, which is uh, people say that uh, on average, on average, people eat eight spiders a year in their sleep. Incorrect. Uh, the average is zero. It's just spiders Greg eating millions skews the mean. <laughs> like the the <laughs> mode, the mode of the median is zero, but spiders Greg. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, that, right. that is good. Although it does sound suspiciously like a maths joke, and that is everything I stand yeah. against. Spiders, Greg, well, you would yeah. assume would be a guy who's like really pro spiders, but actually he's a danger to spiders. Sure, sure. Again, maybe I it's mean, both. <laughs> may, may, maybe that maybe that's the tragedy of spiders, Greg, that he loves spiders, but he can't stop himself from eating them. The tragedy of spiders, <laughs> Greg, yeah. sounds like a fucking Manic Street Preachers album. <laughs> I'm not going to have this fight with you again while we're being recorded, but you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Um, Terrible band. No, look. Oh, there. Oh, I'm. I'm now in the Milonian mean between you two, and I both agree, presumably, (laughs) with Phoebe saying they're a good band, and also agree with Milo that that is a very plausible name for a manic street preacher's B side. I'm in both. I'm in the both camp there. I I, I would like the song that Milo's talking about. The tragedy but. of spiders, great. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think it's quite right. I'm. I'll, I'm going to think about you're, this. You're and then right. I'll come you're right. You you're right. It's at least ten. It's at least twenty syllables too short. If if Milo yeah. had just made it a bit longer, then yeah. yeah. Right. The tragedy of spiders, great. Great. Actually, sounds more like more like a mid '90s pulp song. Mm. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, what is the what is the Phoebe so relationship? So it's a different Britpop band from the same era. Okay, yeah. First of the all, the relationship. Right. Okay. First of all. We will come back to this as a separate argument because that mm. is because <laughs> I will not have Britpop, which is my culture, mischaracterized. Your on, culture has been a lot of things show. so far this episode. Are you disagreeing with me? I love the pulp song where it's like, uh, I don't know what the sausages are called. I don't remember <laughs> the brand names. <laughs> Is that, is, that, is that your Jarvis Cocker? That's appalling. I didn't claim to be able to do a good Jarvis Cocker. Okay, well, next week, next time, we'll do your proper Jarvis Cocker. Yeah. What's the Phoebean relationship? Yeah. Phoebean. 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 The Phoebean relationship. Yeah. Uh, pussy Pops? Phoebophilia. <laughs> Sorry, what? I just said Pussy Pops, but um, pussy but, pop. my, but then my, my favorite cereal. <laughs> is that is that is that like a noun it's a cereal or for cats. like an exhortation? It's more of a. It's more just of a description. It's a. It's a. Right. Spat, it's a statement. It does. More of a, it's more of a descriptive statement about what it's like to be in a relationship with me. Mm. <laughs> Do not overinflate Phoebe's pussy. It does not respond well to it. It does not. No. <laughs> it, 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 it does. It does not. Do not hook up a CO2 <laughs> compressor to Phoebe's pussy or you will regret it. Amazing. Because it would so, be, so it would like, be racist. Is, yeah. There's another, like, there's a Phoebean mean of horniness where you can, like, you can exceed factory, like, set recommended settings. You can, just as long as you stay within the kind of the green section of the dial. That's right. Right. <laughs> there's, that, a di- there's also a dial, just like, it's on, is, my, it's on my hip. That is right. 
<laughs> so what actually is the uh, turning forbidden? a dial that says horny and looking back to the audience to see <laughs> that's right um i think it's either boys who i like but don't respect or mm. respect but don't like Ooh. apart from my present wife who i both like and respect that's right. That's because he's not a boy. Because he's not a boy. He's a man. He's a wife. He's a wife. He's my wife. He's His my, gender he's is my, wife. He is my wife man. Yeah. Wife man. Does he's it, my man wife. An- another element of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> wife yeah, another man. Another franchise. <laughs> to wife be fair, man. wife man is kind of, wife. to be fair, wife man is kind of your Marvel franchise name. That would be me. Yeah. Just like, but I'm I sorry, also, it, I have to go uh, wife. <laughs> But like very in character for the Marvel universe as well to be like <laughs> to to that we'll have a superhero we'll we'll have a man called Wife Man as a protagonist in a film before like the second female led <laughs> Marvel superhero. Keely, yeah. thank you for your allyship. But it's it's okay if if my allyship involves me basically giving more money to the Disney Corporation. That's probably praxis, right? It is probably praxis that's because. Right. Uh, women love Disney, mm. or at least so I'm told. <laughs> <laughs> at least so I'm told. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so. but, but to me, the most respectful feminist I can be is to impute that women love nothing more than Disney. Am I doing respect right? Yeah, that's right. Like, yeah. To me, feminism is saying that women have such underdeveloped child brains that. <laughs> 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 that all they can genuinely cope with is something produced by the Disney Corporation. That's right. They, I mean, they did. To be in fairness, they did try. And that's they, why women love Justin Timberlake. Interesting. She was uh, produced by the Disney Corporation. Oh, I see. Oh, I know. I see. I see what you. Yeah. Wait. At least initially. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. I think the Lonely yeah. Island motherfuckers, motherfuckers Mother's Day video was the moment when he detonated his last links to the Disney Corporation. Hey, Justin Timberlake. Mm. I yeah, I have. I've, I've I think not... that was a false flag. I think that was to <laughs> cover up flag. his ongoing, <laughs> his <laughs> ongoing <laughs> being so, in the sorry, of Big Mouse, is there, Big Disney. Is there a two? Yeah. Is there a two-hour slideshow of you on YouTube explaining all the like secret messaging inside that Lonely Island video about how it's actually trying to enforce strict like family bubble, mm. like ancient mid twentieth-century Disney values? Yeah, that was the content of his last Edinburgh show, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wow, was it just different? Was it just different the day I came to see it? That's right. Yeah, yeah, because he because he didn't want you to he didn't want you to know about his research, so mm. he wrote a different one just <laughs> for was, you. Uh, I, but that it was, whole, fucking, it was fucking great, Keely. That was, whole it was, show it was great, even when I didn't think it was written just for the day. It was a it was a prank to scare you into thinking I was going to make you read out a little emotional speech. That's what that whole <laughs> so that whole Sorry, thing. Sorry, we is talked about. about. I mean, that's such a funny. That was like one of the funniest things in Edinburgh for me when, um, yeah, Milo. I'm, I I was like your safety net. Yeah. On that on that day and. Uh, and I had to be like, yeah, yeah, I'll be able to keep, I'll be able to read this incredibly emotional speech. And I was like, I really hope he can read it because I'm going to break down in tears. But it was just like, it was just like at the end of the Wizard of Oz, just like going up. Like of all Milo's friends, Milo selected me as the Tin Man who would not be able to cry. And I'm like, what? <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and well, the the kicker was that Keely was the most upset person in the room, including me. <laughs> Uh, by like by like a distance, 
like, yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I have I cr- terrible I cr- aim. Quite a lot in that. Yeah, I was in. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, because you know, I had my own stuff going on of a much smaller degree that year. But, but I was in a. I was in a weird one that year. Um, yeah. Yeah. Should we, should we? Should we? Right. Talk, should we talk some more about memories of the Edinburgh Fringe Festival just to keep Hauntology. it really relatable? That's right. The uh, Ed- the Edinburgh Hauntology <laughs> Festival. Coming to you in 2022. I mean, you've, you, 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 you've said it in a highly barbed and sarcastic manner, but I'm so <laughs> but actually, I miss yeah, live comedy in it so much. Let's I'm fucking like, talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, is, is there anything more we need to say about this episode of Seinfeld? No, I don't. Because there's the, Was there what, another bit? Yeah, there the is a bit one. at the end, and I can't remember what it was. We're professionals. <laughs> we are extremely. It was. Extremely no, no, no. I remember now. I remember now. It was. It was a like. Oh yeah, that it was like you can't be friends with people you dated because it's like two magicians knowing each other. You know each other's tricks. Oh yeah. And so anytime, anytime you try and impress them, um, they already are like I've seen that, which is a lovely stand-up bit in the sense it has just enough the ring of truth that you then get to launch into quite a sort of fun analogy, mm. but it's just completely not true because in reality, as long as there's not active animus, you basically. Uh, and you're not so sick of each other, but I, I think most of the time you find that you have you still have great conversational chemistry with someone you dated because it was, uh, you know, unless there's actual bad blood. Mm. Okay. I just uh, I just like I th- you know yeah. Okay, this is interesting because I am aware that this is an unpopular opinion, but right. I but, but Norman Foster but is a liar. Norman and Foster, I used to go out with him. And Norman I know. Foster, my ex, with whom I am no longer friends because he's a fucking liar. Norman um, <laughs> Foster gaslighted me for years. He kept saying, "You know, I built that," and I was like, "That's the Taj Mahal, mate." That's the ta- <laughs> Excellent. The oh, best God. curry house on the Edgware Road was built by Norman Foster. That's right. That's, that's, just, that just, is just right. To say, an hour and ten minutes into the pod, I just had to go Google.co.uk. Norman Foster. <laughs> I did not know who that was. That's uh, correct. He is an architect it. and liar, which is a tautology because all <laughs> architects are liars. Um, yeah, I don't. I think being friends with your ex is weird. I think that's a weird thing to do. I think you break up with someone because you're sick of the bleeding sight of them. That's why. That's that's why you break up with someone. You don't want them in your life anymore. So why would you why would you add them to your already crowded mind palace when you could be remembering stuff like different breeds of cow and your and every pin number you've ever had, including old and <laughs> defunct ones. But it depends on the there's just, you know, there's a there's a that's definitely, you know, I think we've all had the sort of breakup that you're talking about. Um, but mm. I've also had other breakups where, uh, yeah, I don't, it just sort of dep- it just depends how it went down and what the reasons for ending it were. I, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of people I used to date that I've uh, still very happy they're, they're in my lives. I think they're cool and funny. I think that's I think that's very <laughs> nice and mature of you. But I also Do you think, think it's just a lie that I'm just trying to get more pussy. I, th- no, I think the, uh... I think first of all, that's just <laughs> architect behaviour coming from you. <laughs> Um, and I also personally think that it is much cooler and much more mature to make yourself so completely detestable to someone that even if there's no particular bad blood around the breakup, there's no way that you could ever be friends because you've just completely alienated them. Because if you've completely mm. alienated them, what that does is that reduces the number of weddings you might be obliged to go to in the future. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, that's one way of looking at it. Isn't that's it? definitely how I, I look at it. That's that how is, I run all of my all yeah. of my social relationships. I based I'm on the only, idea that I don't want to go to a fucking wedding. I'm still friends with one of my exes. And most of them I'm on good terms with, apart from like two. So I'm not really sure. I definitely I probably wouldn't want to be friends with most of my exes just because it would be weird. I am sort pr- of I'm, my... I'm proudly not friends with any of my exes. Proudly. Proudly. Yeah, that is Actually, that's no, a like, fucking menagerie of people, though your exes yeah, like right. that. <laughs> like, I wouldn't want to be friends with them either. So I can see. No, no, no. I have so, I have some nice exes, but they're not. They're, but yeah, the nice like ones. Norman Foster. Yeah. First of all, well, Norman Foster seemed nice at yeah, first. I, you're trying to come between mine and Norman Foster's friendship, and I think you need to let it go. Because... Look, I'm just like all I'm saying is that he lied to me, and he will lie to you too. That's right. Don't tell me I didn't warn. Don't tell me I did not warn you <laughs> about Norman Foster. Yeah, architect. You've been architect about the Whisper Network about, is warning yeah. you about Norman yeah. Foster. There is a there is a spreadsheet, and on it is architects who women don't like, and top of that list. Yeah, architects <laughs> who are liars. And underneath that it says all, all of them, all of them, but especially Norman Foster. Um, yeah, like my nice exes. Like I, I wish them, I wish them well and everything but i but a friendship with them would would just be would just be strange i think mm. not because i particularly want them out of my life just because the it wasn't predicated on on friendship we didn't have we didn't have a friendship we had a relationship and i just don't it was predicated on raw sexual energy <laughs> Well, for me, anyway. Yeah, from from, right. from the they could because of they the simply could because not, of the pussy pops principle. They could not have right, an adult right. conversation with you without being distracted by the sort of like PTSD flashbacks of how much the pussy pops. Yeah, it would be unfair. <laughs> I on like them. the idea. <laughs> that's that's right. There's so much sexual chemistry that you can't meet up with your exes like that. You can't in the same way that in many films you can't afford to keep two bits of the same amulet on the same continent. You have to like separate <laughs> them. <laughs> Because if you unite that amulet when all seven of the planets, uh, when Newton was around, align, then that could be the end of everything. Yeah, that's why I can't go into any Norman Foster building because Mm. the uh, (laughs) because the conjunction of my popping pussy and the and the building conditioning system of the building. Yeah, it's just too much. Yeah, in fact, most of the air conditioning systems are uh, inspired by and based on my. Popping pussy. People on the people on the eleventh floor just being like, "You smell leaks." <laughs> right. So, and also just to sorry to sorry to be quite serious about this, but so uh, if the air conditioning units are designed on that, is your does your popping pussy circulate recirculate the air that's already in, or does it take air from outside? Because that's very important with Corona in terms of properly ventilating the, mm. the, it the ta- viral it, particles. It, ta- it takes air from outside, mm. but um, fortunately, um, my uh, my pussy is also. Uh, it's also very up on this, so it doesn't believe in either germ theory or miasma theory. Right. So uh, <laughs> it is mercifully COVID-free. Phoebe's Phoebe's pussy got in a lot <laughs> of trouble because it was actually the place where Legionnaires' disease was first incubated. Um, and so it, it does have blood it on its hands. Believe- because it doesn't believe in germ theory. I love it. So yeah, it's that's like right. your your pussy is an anti-vaxxer, but as a result, a type of anti-vaxxer that never gets illnesses. Yeah. Great. Ironic because it loves an injection. Fuck's sake. Great stuff. Wow, that was right. terrible. Okay, yeah. on that I think I think I think on, I think on that note, I think it is time to finish <laughs> I think it's time yeah. to finish the episode. 
which was very, very on topic. And for that, I thank yeah. you both. It was, it was, it was as tight <laughs> as Phoebe's puss, um, and entirely <laughs> about Jerry Seinfeld. Also so. as tight as my puss. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, and as hairy. <laughs> excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah, you're cutting that out. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> All right. Cutting that out, why? Because listeners will assume it wasn't a joke. People, listeners will assume that for some reason I made a completely serious comment about the hairiness of your pussy, which I would obviously know about. Look, I would like it's- to make it very clear that my pussy is extremely satiny, all right? Mm. Like a Jersey cow. Like a Jersey cow. <laughs> um, Alex, Alex Keeley, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, thank you for having me, and 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 just delighted on a you know a couple of moments of the podcast, just delighted not to be in the same room, so I didn't really have to fully that I could just sort of I could just sort of sidecar whatever was happening and just sort of let it wash over me, but not necessarily inject That's myself right. into this con- into that particular conversation. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Keely. Um, do please do please join us again when the show starts getting a bit better. Yeah. Would you like to plug? Would, would you like to it. plug yourself? I get yeah. Why not? Don't do that um, face, just, Phoebe. Just uh, just Alex Keeley on um, Twitter, where you can either find my jokes and stuff, or uh, just at me. Apparently, for any literally at Alex Keeley, yeah. just at, at Alex Keeley for anything. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, uh, and we we have been we've been Marlo and Phoebe. You've been you've been listening to uh, Masters of Our Domain, and we will see you very soon. Bye. Bye.